Tonight, going to be talking about faith, the gift of faith um, that you can see in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It used to be a little song, faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. You don't need a whole lot. Anybody know that song? Just use what you got. Faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. Lisa knows that one. It's a great little song. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Sorry, there are no notes on the back. Um, so you, hopefully you have notes. And uh, if you have a Bible that you can follow along with the Scriptures, I'll be reading out of the New American Standard. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the Scripture that uh, Pastor Jim and I have read the last couple of Wednesday nights. Now concerning gifts, I'm sorry, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray by mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is accursed. I looked up and lost my place. And no one says Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of ministries and the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, and to another the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. To another, the gifts of healing by one Spirit. To another, the effecting of miracles. And to another, prophecy. And to another, the distinguishing of spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things. Things distributing to each one individual just as he, capital H, he wills. Whatever God wants to do in your life, that's what we should be willing and open to receive from him. And uh, that God would bless us. He, he blesses us with a, a measure of grace. And he gives us faith when we come to Jesus Christ. Uh, it is by faith that we receive Jesus. For by faith are you saved through faith. It's not of yourself. It's a gift of God, not of works. Lest any man should boast, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. Um, and so we can see that it's faith. I kind of shared a little bit in uh, one of the services Sunday morning that you have to have faith. You've already had faith to sit down in a chair that you're in. You had faith that it was going to hold you up. Um, and we... we we walk by faith to a certain extent each and every day that, you know, when you pull up to a stoplight, that if it's green, you are hoping by faith that these cars are going to stay there, you know, so that you have the green light and you can go. And uh, there's all kinds of things that we look at. If you go to a, a restaurant, you by faith, hopefully believe that the food is good and then it won't make you sick so now that doesn't happen all the time and so we just have to watch there's just certain restaurants i know that by faith if i go there i'm going to get sick <laughs> my family knows there's there's a fast food restaurant i will not eat at i will go and get them food but i will not eat there because i know that afternoon i'm going to have a stomach ache so i have learned by faith not to trust them because they are faithful in giving me a stomachache. I won't share which one it is. I'm not going to put down a restaurant. Just tell you there's one. So, uh, verse 9 is our discussion tonight. To another faith by the same spirit, and it's the same spirit. If, we, if you really look at God, 
God the Father is so amazing. We have God, our, God the Son, our Lord and Savior, and then the Spirit. And so many times we don't think about the Spirit so much. We think a lot about Jesus Christ because that's who we have, we've accepted into our heart. But the work of the Holy Spirit in our life is so, so important. We, we walk by the Spirit. We walk by the Spirit of God. And so we need to understand the Spirit and what he does. And there's so much that we can see in the Word of God that the Spirit does. He's a comforter and he's a convictor and so on and so forth of all the works of the Holy Spirit. And so we need to walk by that Spirit. In church, we hear a lot about faith. We talk about it. We try and walk by it. And it's a word that's used a lot in, in the church. You know, just have faith, brother. You'll make it through. You know, I'll pray for you. I have faith that God's going to help you. And the thing is, it's kind of like, I think sometimes when we say that we're going to pray for somebody, do you really have faith that God's going to do that? Do you really have faith that God's going to do that? Whenever I pray, it was a number of years ago, God convicted me that I said I was going to pray for somebody, and I did pray for them. And he asked me, he said, do you have faith for what you just prayed? And I had to say no. I had to confess to God no. I, I, was just, I told him I was going to pray for him, and I prayed for him, and I just kind of, you know, God just touch him and heal him in the name of Jesus and hope they do well, and up, 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 you know, whatever it was. And, there was, and, and so God convicted me. He said there was absolutely no faith that that was going to come about. So I did go and pray then for him and had faith. Um, but it, it comes about with that relationship. Faith we can say just, you know, I'm going to pray for you, and we, and we do or we don't for people, and probably everybody's done that. I'll pray for you, and we walk away and we forget about the situation. Um, and the same thing with faith, that if we don't believe that God can do it, why even pray? Why even pray? Because you're just really wasting your breath, and, you know, that's all the further it's going. Your prayers are just bouncing off the ceiling. So we have to pray in faith. There's differences of faith tonight. Hebrews 11:6 says, And without faith it's impossible to please him, God, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of those who seek him. Without faith it's impossible to please God. If you do not have faith, you're not going to please God in whatever you do, in the prayers that you're praying, in the walk that you're walking. Let me ask at the beginning tonight, what is your faith level? Now, Sunday, if you were here or if you were over at Jefferson, you received a little test to see where you were in the fruit of the Spirit. And so tonight, I'm going to ask you to do it one more time on a scale of 1 to 10. Where is your faith? Now, it's easy to say, you know, having faith for certain things, it's way up there. To have faith for some other things, maybe it's kind of low. And that can happen. I, you know, I have faith that you, you answer that. And it's good. I know that God's going to do that. Then there's other times I'm not real sure. My faith is a little shaky. So what is your level tonight? And where would you put yourself? I don't think that any of us have uh, faith that God isn't looking at and saying, we can't grow in that. I know in my life my faith needs to grow each and every day. And I hopefully I try and say, you know, let's do a little bit better than yesterday. And tomorrow, say the same thing, that I can do better in my walk of faith with God.
We need to see faith every day to live in this world and to believe. This is, this is not the easiest place to live in. Even though America is a great place to live, yes, it's the world. It's the world. And sometimes we're challenged in our faith, you know, when people talk to us and are you going to speak up? Are you going to share Jesus Christ? Are you going to say this is what the Bible says? Do you have faith to stand up as Paul did, as the disciples did, and maybe even be ridiculed, criticized as they did? That takes faith. It takes faith sometimes to to step out and to say, this is what I feel God wants me to do. I, um, my brother-in-law texted me today, and, and uh, so uh, it reminded me of a story, and I, share, I think I shared it with Pastor Jim, that, uh, that one of the churches that I was in, it, it split. And um, so it was about six years after I had left, they'd gone through five pastors after the pastor that I was working for in five years. And um, so they, they had really come at the, the um, senior pastor and myself. And so it was, it was a, a rough year and accused of many things and, and worst year of ministry that I'd ever had in, in my life. And um, so then my brother-in-law calls me, and it calls Kim and I, and uh, he said, Paul, he goes, let me ask you a question. He goes, what would you think if I go and pastor First Assembly in Columbia, Missouri, this church that I was a part of, that I was an assistant pastor in, when it split, and all the things that they, you know, they did to me, and, and um, anonymous mail, anonymous phone calls, um, just uh, I was accused of many things, things I could have lost my credentials over, and, and just a year of misery. And I told him, this is the first words that came out of my mouth. I said, Tracy, if that's where God has called you, then by all means you're supposed to go. If not, you're supposed to stay away from it. You're supposed to stay away from it. And I said, now here comes the hard part. And he goes, yeah, I know. I need to talk to my sister. I had a little bit more faith than what she did. And uh, she, just, uh, she just told him to stay away. And, uh, so, and, and I really believe that. I, if God's called you, then you need to walk in faith and you need to go. And um, so the church had gone down to about 25 people. And he took the church. And now the church is running about 250 300 people. It doesn't, it, it doesn't matter what the situation looks like. If God has called us to go, we're to walk by faith. We're supposed to walk by faith. Faith is what sustains us to hold on in this dark world. Our relationship with the Almighty God is by faith, to believe that you can do it even though you can't see it. That's what uh, Hebrews 11.1 1 tells us. We are to pray by faith. We are to worship in faith. Everything with God is by faith. It goes back to Hebrews 11.6. For without faith, it's impossible to please him. So everything that you do should be by faith so that we please him. So we please him. But this faith is talking about something more. This gift of faith that we see in 1 Corinthians it's not the same as in John 1:12, but as many as received him to them, he gave the right to become the children of God, even to those who believe, have faith in him. It's kind of like turbo or, you know, having a boost on your car. It's when you need it that it will kick in. It's time to hold on when this happens. 
I remember when I lived here years ago, I lived with a guy, I lived with two guys, and one of them, uh, Doug Gregridge, he had just gotten new Z28. They were brand new. And he had gotten one. This thing was fast. And he never let anybody drive it. And he and I were best friends. He never let anybody drive it. Let me just say that again. Never let anybody drive it. And so one day, he and I, like I said, we were best friends. So we'd always come to church, and then after church, sometimes we'd go out to eat or whatever, and, and then we'd go home. And uh, so either he drove or I drove. It was always nicer when he drove because his car was nicer and faster than my car. So one day, I remember we were leaving, I think it was McDonald's, and as we're walking out into the parking lot, he takes his keys and he tosses them to me. I said, what's this? He goes, you can drive home. Now, this had... This had I can't remember what it had on it, but when you hit the gas pedal, you pushed it down. There were louvers on the hood that would raise up to suck in more air to make that car go faster. I'll tell you what. So I'm driving home carefully. And we lived out where Doctor's Hospital was and behind there. And we were coming down 2nd Street right here. Right, right by the church. And I came up to the stop sign and stopped. And then he says, I started going up the hill to go over the bridge. He goes, punch it. I said, what? He goes, hit it. I was going to ask one more time. I hit that gas. So we get down to the next stop sign. And I said, I said did I go fast enough that the louvers went up? I was scared to death. I wasn't going to look at those louvers. I was looking at the road. He said no. So, With God, when he drops the gift of faith in your life, hold on because he's going to do something miraculous in your life. He's going to do something miraculous in your life. It's faith that helped Peter to walk on the water. It's the gift of faith that when Paul shook the snake off after being bitten, that he didn't die, he didn't worry about it. It's the same faith that came to Mary to birth our Lord and Savior. It's the same faith that Moses saw the Red Sea parted. It was a gift of faith. We all have faith, but to what extent? We have faith that helps us to carry out our everyday life. I know, I believe that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. If I would die right now, that I would go to heaven. I have that faith. I've accepted him. I've walked after him. I've tried to be obedient to his word. And I've lived by the Holy Spirit. That's my hope. That's my faith. But when you need the gift of faith, are you ready? Are you ready? Number two, the gift of faith is the work of God's hand. Elijah was a great example of that faith. And this is a great story. Elijah was a prophet in the Old Testament, and God spoke to him and he said, listen, he goes, I want you to tell the people, tell the king that there's not going to be any rain. So he goes and he tells him he's not going to be any rain. And then he goes and hides at Brook Cherith. And the, the ravens come and feed him every single day. He's got water because he's by the brook. And for a period that lasts what seems forever, he's okay, he's comfortable, and, and he's now with God. And, and, and God is ministering unto him until things get really desperate. 
And then God tells him it's time for him to get up from there. And he goes into the city. And he, you know the story. And he finds a woman. And she's looking for her last uh, meal so that her and her son can die. And, ah, uh, you know, he's, 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 he's come out of being by himself for a long period of time. And God sets him up with this depressed woman. You, you, at times you want to say, God, you know, help me in this. And so then God speaks to him and he says, go and tell the king that it's going to rain. The king has already put out a bounty on his head that if anybody sees, sees Elijah, you're to kill him or bring him to me and I will kill him. So Elijah, he's doing okay. And, and um, so he goes and he tells the king, he says, everything's going to, the rain is going to come and everything. And becomes this battle. It's played out in the flesh, yes, but it's a spiritual battle that Elijah takes on the 450 prophets of Baal. And in this battle, we can see the struggle that takes place that he tells them. So Ahab in, in uh, 1 Kings 18, 22 through, uh, 20 through 22, he says, And Ahab sent a message among all the sons of Israel and brought the prophets together to Mount Carmel. Elijah came near all the people and he said, How long? Will you hesitate between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people did not answer him a word. Then Elijah said to the people, I alone am, I alone am left a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450. So the battle is on. And you know the story. He says, go and tell the prophets that they have one chance, that they can do whatever they want. They get part of the sacrifice. I get part of the sacrifice. They can do whatever. And whosoever God consumes the sacrifice, that God will we serve. So the prophets, they build up their altar and everything, and they put their sacrifice on it, and, and they pray to Baal, and they do all kinds of things. They cut themselves. They're, it goes on for hours and hours. Elijah even taunts him. Maybe your God's asleep. I don't know if that would go that far when it's 450 to 1. Maybe he's deaf. Maybe you need to shout a little bit louder. The thing was, is there was no Baal. There was no God of Baal. God had spoken to him. There's a faith that comes on Elijah to show that he is God. And he's the one who truly reigns in Elijah's life. So Elijah then goes and he, he rebuilds the altar. In, in verse 30, Then Elijah said to all the people, Come near to me. So all the people came near, and he repaired the altar of the Lord, which had been torn down. Now this is important. He went and repaired the altar that had been torn down. If your relationship with God is not good, don't be asking for big faith things until you rebuild that altar. Until you rebuild that altar. God wants a relationship with us. He's not a big sugar daddy in the sky that we can just go to him anytime that we want and say, God, you know I need a million dollars, so give it to me. God's going to say, what? You haven't talked to me in a long time. There used to be a song on the radio, and it was one of my favorites, is I miss my time with you. 
And it used to talk about, it was really kind of a, the song was about God speaking to us. And I miss my time with you. It wasn't that God wasn't ready. It was that we weren't ready, that we weren't going to him. And so we can see that Elijah, he rebuilds the altar because it had been torn down. They hadn't used it, and it was in disarray. He builds the altar, and then he puts his sacrifice on it. And when he puts his sacrifice on it, then he asked for water to be poured over it. Now, what were they running out of? Water. I think I'd be a little upset. You want to do what? You want 12 big pots of water poured on this? We don't have water. He says, go and get 12 pots of water and pour it over this sacrifice. And what he was really doing was proving that this wasn't trickery. If you go back to the story of Moses, which is a great story, and when he was uh, before uh, Pharaoh, there's times when he would do things, and those who were the seers or the prophets of Pharaoh, in some of those, they reenacted the same thing. They were able to do the same thing. In this case, there was no question when Elijah poured the water on this that when it dried up, it was God. You want faith, but you have to have that relationship with God, and it starts here. Elijah cut up the sacrifice. He put it on the rebuilt altar. And what are you coming to God with? What is your worship and what is your sacrifice? God says that he loves our worship, and it should be every day that we spend time, we seek his face, that when he speaks to us, that we walk by faith, not by sight. He not only put it on there, but he drowned it with water, making sure that nothing was going to light this except for God. Ever try and start a fire with wet wood? It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Just as the prophets of Moses, the same thing as they tried to, to do their things. It was trickery. And now let's look in 1 Kings 18, 36 through 39. It says, At the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, Elijah the prophet came near and he said, O Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, today let it be known that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and I have done all these things at your hand. Answer me, O Lord, answer me, that these people may know you, O Lord, our God, and that you have turned their hearts back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. When all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Now that takes faith. Do you think that you could do something like that? It's hard. When God tells you to step out in faith to do something. There's been times I know when God has, has spoken to me and told me to do things, and I'll be honest with you, there's times when I haven't done it because I haven't had enough faith. I haven't had enough faith. There was a, a gentleman, and some of you, I think I've told this story in here, but it's been a while. 
that uh, he was uh, a minister in St. Louis, and I was in Columbia, Illinois, just probably half an hour from his ministry. My parents worked for him part-time, as volunteered. And God gave me a vision and showed me that this man was going to lose his ministry if he didn't change his heart, if he didn't change his heart. And it took me a month before I called him and told him. And I eventually, I eventually called him and I, I said, listen, I don't know why God showed me a vision, but he showed me a vision of you. And I told him what the vision was. And I said, unless you change, God is going to change you. And I said, he's going to take ministry away from you. And he, he, he thanked me. And like I said, he had traveled the world. And that's, he had a prophetic ministry. And he was a teacher and an evangelist. And um, he, he didn't criticize me or anything like that. But I was just I was kind of scared. I'm like, who am I? I? I was pastoring a church of probably about 35, 40 people at the time. And he was traveling around the world. So I found out that there was another part from my parents that they were going to be leaving that ministry also. And I, I had told them, you know, right away, I said, you're going to be leaving this ministry. It showed me a vision about them, some sheep moving to another field. And so I, I told them, and it ended up that he didn't heed the warning. And ends up that later on I talked to him and he said, yeah, he'd gotten warnings from other people. He ended up having a stroke and a couple of months later died. It was hard for me to, you know, by faith, I thought, who am I to tell this man that if he doesn't change, he's going to lose? But eventually I stepped out in that faith that God had called me to and I told him and it was then up to him. It was up to him. And it, it, he, it wasn't that he was in sin. He wasn't in sin. He just wasn't doing what God wanted him to do. And he was kind of beating his sheep. And he was not taking advantage of them, but he was just kind of working them to death. When God tells you to do something, he's going to help you walk through it and give you boldness to do it. But so many times the flesh does not want to do those things. Doesn't want to do those things. Number three, the gift shows the presence of God. It benefits us, but it's for God's glory. The gifts listed in 1 Corinthians 12 are to reveal the power of God. Yes, they will bless, they will bless and minister to us, but it's not for us. It's to show God. That's what the gift of faith is all about. That's what these other gifts are all about, is to show God that he is real and live. The world wants to say, look at us. You should want to say, look at God. Yes, they are for the edification of church. That is why God has given them unto us. But they are to point people to God. Elijah offered up the, the sacrifice for one purpose, and that was to point people to God. God doesn't let us just have these gifts for show. Because if you do that, then he's going to take them away. And Pastor Jim and I have kind of talked a little bit. There are some times when we've seen people who have used things and abused things of God. And that's sad. 
Jesus walked on the water, and it was all about to show. God, Peter walked on the water, and it was a gift of faith as he walked out there to show the other 11 in a boat there is a God, and if you have faith, you can walk on water too. It takes faith to walk with God, and it takes the gift of faith to show the power of God. Did you get that? It takes faith to walk with God, and it takes the gift of faith to show the power of God. 1 Corinthians 10, 31, whether you eat or drink, then, well, I'm sorry, whether then you eat or drink and whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. Let me close with one more story we find in the Bible, powerful faith, Jesus and Lazarus when he's raising him up from the dead. And you know the story that Jesus is not where Lazarus is and he finds out that Lazarus is sick and and um, they, the disciples think, well, it's time for us to go. And Jesus says, no, we're going to wait a couple of days. And so they wait a couple of days, and, and then we can see that um, they say, he says, it's time for us to go. And, and he says, you know, Lazarus is just sleeping. And somebody says, well, if Lazarus is just sleeping, we're miles away. Isn't there somebody who can wake him up over there? They didn't understand that he was going to wake him up because he was dead. And Thomas, the great man of faith, he said, let's go with Jesus so that we can die also. You always have one who's a doubter. And he said, let's go. He thought that they were going to die if they go over and they're with Lazarus. So he goes and he meets with Mary and Martha and they said, Jesus, if you would have been here a few days ago, our, son, our, our brother would have been fine and you could have healed him. And Jesus kind of tells them, if you have faith, if you have faith. So we see in the story in John chapter 11, it's in verse 38 through 44. So Jesus, again, being deeply moved within, came to the tomb. Now, it was a cave and there was a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, remove the stone. Martha, the sister of the deceased, said to him, Lord, by now there will be a stench because he's been dead for four days. And Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they removed the stone, then Jesus raised his eyes and he said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But because of the people standing around, I said it so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. The man who had died came forth, bound hand and foot with wrappings, and his face was wrapped around with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Therefore, many of the Jews who came to Mary and saw that he had done, believed in him. They found faith. Jesus lived by faith. He walked by faith. He pointed all to God the Father so that they could see the glory. Since we can't see God, at least I've never seen God, we can see his glory. And that is the working that he has through us in this church to reach our community, to feed those who are hungry, to give water to those who are thirsty, to pray for those who need touched in body. That's the glory of God. He's given us faith, and we need that gift of faith in our life to do the things that God has called us to do. What has God called you to do that you haven't stepped out? 
The gift of faith, one of the spiritual gifts from God, is to do extraordinary things for God. I want that gift. I don't know about you. I don't know about you. Faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. You don't need a whole lot. Just use what you got. Faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. Because it says a faith as a grain of mustard seed can move the mountain. I, I, I pray that this week that you would take this message and you would think, where is my faith level? For me, I know I, I need to take it higher than what it is. My relationship with God needs to grow stronger. And that's the only way that my faith is going to get stronger is when my relationship with God gets stronger. That when God tells you to step out and do something, he's going to do it if you allow him. If not, he'll find somebody else to do it. And when God wants to do something, he will find somebody else. When God came to Moses, he said, I want you to lead my people out. And Moses is a lot like us. Moses said, but I have a stammering, uh, stammering tongue. And God says, no, you can do it. He goes, no, I really struggle in speech. And God said, no, everything's okay. You just do it. You just tell the people what I'm telling you. And he said, but I really struggle. So what did God do? Gave him Aaron. Moses could have done it, but he lacked a little bit of faith. He lacked a little bit of faith. And he brought somebody else along. I hope that you want to step out in faith and, and when God tells you to do something, don't worry about what other people think, what other people say. I'd rather please God than please people. Did you get that? I'd rather please God than please people. And I know times that I have disappointed God because they haven't stepped out in faith. Can I ask you to stand with me tonight? Heavenly Father, you truly are an awesome God. You love us so much. Father, that you know every need that we have. Father, you know every breath that we breathe. You see every time that we blink our eye. Father, you are the one who gives us the times, the seasons. Father, you're the one who helps us each and every day. You have provided us so amazingly that as this earth is tilted just right so that everything works just right, Father, you keep us just at the right distance from the sun that we don't burn up, that we don't freeze. Father, you've created this planet that we can see that everything works together. The people don't. But, Father, all the plants and how they help us to breathe and, Father, all the animals and everything works together, you're an amazing God. Father, you've given us faith but help us to walk in the gift of faith that we can see in 1 Corinthians 12. That, Father, that you would speak to us and we would step out. Father, not just to live by faith that I know that if I keep reading your word and praying and seeking your face, have this relationship, that's faith. Father, I want to be used of you in a way that's pointing people to you. That others can see your glory. And I pray that you would just help my brothers and sisters. Father, that you would touch them. That, Father, this can be a, a church that others would say, man, they have faith. 
they have faith. Help us as we walk with you. And Father, I pray that if there's any here tonight who are lacking faith, that Father, as we close in just a minute, that they would come down and they would have somebody pray with them. Father, I thank you that you're an awesome God. Thank you for your word. Father, I thank you for your word. And I pray that you would just go with us now by faith in Jesus' name. And everyone said, God bless you. Have a great night.